Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Box to Box podcast. Today I'm going to be starting off a mini-series within the podcast called Learning Blank. The blank will be filled by a team in which I don't support or follow. I'll be talking to a fan of the set team for the duration of the episode. I'll be getting to know their views on the teams and how the current season is going, and then comparing this to what the internet and statistics say. I'll be researching each team and comparing my views to the fans' views to see how they compare to somebody who watches them week in, week out. Today we're going to be starting off with the local team, Nottingham Forest, and we're going to be bringing on my very good friend, Reese Maddock. Um, how are we doing, mate? Are we alright? How are you, mate? How are you? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Uh, second time lucky. Uh, but we're going to get straight into <laughs> it, okay? Straight into it. Um, so, Nottingham Forest from Nottingham. How long you uh, how long you supported him, mate? Um, since the day I can remember playing football. Um, my dad's always been a big Forest fan. And right. That's that's all where it's come from, basically. Fair play, mate. Fair play. So I'm guessing that's a good nineteen years of supporting the club. Um for yeah. that for that whole time, uh, what's been your best memory while supporting Forest? Um probably something that you won't understand is Beating a club much bigger than yours, yeah, or a higher table team, um, beating Arsenal four mm-hmm. two a few years ago, that was probably one of the greatest memories for me. Uh, Eric Leah scoring some <laughs> absolute worldies, uh, coming from left back as well. So good lad, very impressive game for him. A yep. uh, little bit of a gem he <laughs> was for us. So yeah. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Obviously, I'm not a Forest fan myself, but I did a bit of researching. A uh, few good memories of the past like ten years or so uh, of the club, and I've got one here. Um, arguably one of the best players to ever played for Forest. Obviously, you can back me up on this one. I don't quite know properly, uh, but Stuart Pearce. Um, yeah. Obviously, when he came back as manager in <coughs> 2014 or 2015, um, he walked out, sold out stadium. Everyone was cheering, chanting his name. Um, how did that actually go for him being manager? Um, first few games was all right, and then it sort of dipped off. Yeah, a bit like every Forest manager. Yeah, I've got here. Uh, he was yeah. sacked after just seven months. Um, he started off quite well by the looks of it. He won his first five games out of seven, uh, and then it just went downhill from there, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like every other Forest manager. Um. And like every other time, he gets sacked too early, not given enough chance, not given enough time to build what he wants to build. Um, so Fair play. hopefully this will change with Chris Hewton. Fingers crossed. It's quite a common theme, isn't it, these days? Uh, ex-players coming as managers. Obviously, we've seen Solskjaer at United. Uh, that's gone quite well, I'd say. He's, I'd say he's changed the team around. We're looking good. Uh, second league, mm-hmm. obviously, we've had... Lampard, Chelsea, that one hasn't gone as well. Um, <laughs> sacked quite soon. Uh, Tuchel come in and turned that Chelsea team around. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting to see one of the. Obviously, Solskjaer wasn't the biggest United player as such. Obviously, he's a great player for us, got lots of crucial goals, but wasn't wasn't looked at as one of the greatest that's ever played for us. Uh, but obviously, Stuart Pearce is quite a big player. Um, staying on the theme of managers, mate. Um, Sabri Lamushi obviously was your last manager he was fired in October of last year uh, he was there for just over a year uh, do you think he deserved to be sacked? Uh, definitely not no 
I think there's a, a running theme in football. Uh, so the past 10, 15 years of um, a player, not a manager, sorry, not having the best run of games, yep. having a poor form and players and fans calling for their heads. And I think it's not fair because like like last year with Lamushi, um, we had a we had a great run of form, ended up in the playoffs and then bottled it. And it's it's not his fault. He put the same team out, um, same players on the pitch. Mm-hmm. It was if anything, it's the players' fault. Um, at the end of the day, the manager puts the players on the pitch. As soon as that first whistle blows, there's not really much manager can do. He's got yeah, three chances to change the team, and he's, you know he's he's not gonna he can't go on and score the goals and save the penalties and things like this, can he? So I think it's it's definitely uh, something that needs to be taken out of football. People calling for the manager's head so early. Yeah, Fair I enough. Agree. If, if it's been a few years and like for for instance Wenger, I know a lot of. A lot of Arsenal fans would probably have Wenger back at this point, but oh yeah, definitely. Um, maybe it was time for a change, and maybe they brought the wrong person in. Oh, they definitely brought the wrong no, they person definitely in. Brought, I think yeah, <laughs> it looked promising, didn't it? Um, but I just don't think it was the right move for him. Like like no, you, like think... you're saying, go like Wenger brought some. He made Arsenal who they are today. Let's be honest. Like without Wenger, Arsenal would nowhere near be the team they are. And I think it was quite disrespectful calling for the calling for his head, like you said, towards the end, or the banner saying Wenger out, and all this. It's just, it's just Arsenal fans just don't treat treat anything with anyone with any, with a bit of anyone with a bit of reputation is hate to treat well. Like, like I said, Wenger calling for his head after all he'd done for him. I mean, Ozil, fair enough. You know, he hasn't he hasn't been in the most recent form or the recent. Obviously, that's why he's moved on. But he was a great signing for them. Their record signing, he he changed that team for the. He won them a few FA Cups. He was one of the most creative players in the Premier League, and I reckon something happened behind behind closed doors, mate, with Ozil. Of course. Oh when, yeah, definitely. When Arsenal last season was in a crisis of having no creativity whatsoever, Ozil was just sat there, not even in the team. Like you don't have a player yeah. of that quality just sitting, not even. Registered in the Premier League team, mate. Something, something definitely happened behind closed doors with that one. But obviously, we know, we'll never know until hopefully it's leaked one day. But it's yeah. exactly the same with Bale as well at Madrid. Yeah, I don't get well, that at all. That, that was a little bit more public. Yeah, he's a world class right. player, mate. He's one of the best players. He's created. He scored some crucial goals for Real Madrid as well. Like some crucial, crucial goals. That goal he scored in Champions League, where he knocks it around the player, runs off the pitch, and picks it up after. Bicycle he scored kicks. some great goals. He scored some great, great and crucial goals for Real Madrid, and they've just been sat on the bench. And like I said, that one's a bit more public. Uh, but still, I don't think some of these great players are getting the what's the word? Respect. Respect. I respect, man. Uh, that they deserve. Um, yeah. But going on to yeah. going back to managers again, mate. Sorry to interrupt. You. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he was a manager before Lamushi again. Uh, Karanka. I thought, he was, I thought he was decent. He was. Um, ended up, I think he was fifth. Um, and they sacked him because they wanted fourth. Um, See, I don't understand that at all. Absolutely ridiculous. How can, uh, how can you judge, like, 
a performance. Fair enough, you have your targets, but that's something to work to. Exactly. And it was like halfway through the season and we wasn't four, we was fit. Um, I'm sure we was, we was drawing on points or only like two or one or two behind as well. Um, and you've got to look at things from a wider perspective as well. Like mm-hmm. You need to look at um, your competitors. So how are the other teams doing? compared to their targets. So are they, if they're smashing targets of what they should have had, then you know that you being one below your target isn't a fault of what you're doing. Yes. Maybe, yeah, you, you could have won, got an extra point here or an extra point there. or But you can't just judge a team on their performances alone. Like You have to look at how other teams are playing as well. Like If one team's come out and had an amazing season, then you've got to think, right, well, we played them and we lost against them, but so is everyone else. So take it in perspective, how are other teams playing against the teams that, you, that you're losing to and things like this. I agree, mate. And I think being fifth um, and should have been fourth uh, and being sacked for it is an absolute shambles. Like I said, though, obviously yeah. I, I'm not a Forest fan myself, I'm a United fan, but living in Nottingham, I've had lots of mates that are Forest fans. Obviously you kind of keep up to date with the news and what's happening about it. Um, I can remember just thinking, shit, Forrest are going to make it now. Like, Forrest, like, they're in the playoffs, it's looking well, they've had a decent run, decent manager, and then they don't make it and sack him. It's like, it's the best run they've had in a long, long time. Um, and still oh, sacked yeah, him. Definitely. <sighs> just, yeah. it's and a- it's the same with Sabri. Like, we, we, I thought was probably the best run we'd had in five or six years. Yeah. Maybe seven. Um, and then Sabri come in and bettered that. We got to the playoffs, we were smashing it. End of his, just before he was sacked, he had them poor run of games. But like I said, he, he put the same team out as what had been putting out the whole year before. That team went out and didn't perform to what they could. And then he got sacked for it. No, no, no. Nah, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense. He's done exactly the same. And the team's not performed, and then he takes punishment for it. Um, I think that need, that's that's something wrong with football at the moment. Is it's always the manager's fault? Yeah, I agree. When, especially, sorry, especially when you don't give him enough. Obviously, the transfer window is a huge part of a manager's success at a team. Like mm-hmm. you, you come into a team and as a manager, and the players don't match your style. Um, you need players. You you know the players you need to match the certain kind of football you play. And if you're not given back in the transfer window, and you're not given the players that you need for your system to to be successful, then I think it's harsh as well bringing him in, knowing this, and not giving them the backing, and then blaming him, saying it's his fault when they're not given the backing. Yeah, um, I think the the directors and the board have done well. This time, uh, with what to be fair, these new these new owners have have backed the managers. Yeah, um, Chris Hutton's made an unreal amount of signings. I know some of most of them are on loan, and we've made a few young signings and everything. But I think we've bought something in like stupid, like twenty four players in. Yeah, um, like he's only been in since like say October. I mean, we're in what we're in February now, end of February. Yeah. twenty four players in that time is. Unreal. Um, he has brought some good players in. 
but then again, he has made some mistakes as well and bought players in that that we don't need. Uh, like for instance, it, I know what he's tried to do is try to bring in, like you say, you bring in the players that you need and the players that play the way how you play. Yep. So for instance, he's bought in Knockhart, which he was at Brighton with Glenn Murray at Brighton, bought in all these players, and um, some of them just don't play the way that Forest play. And now yeah, you can bring in I all these agree. players, but if the original bunch of guys don't want to play that way and can't play that way, then these players that you're bringing in are just going to be outcasts in the team. So he, he brought in Scott McKenna and he's tried to shoehorn him in outside of Joe Worrell instead of Figueredo. It didn't work at all. I think it was it was a very poor decision on his part. I think he should have kept Figueredo and Worrell together. I think a partnership like that, you know each other inside out, is something that you need. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's quite an underrated yeah. thing in football, actually, partnerships. Um, yeah, definitely. Like you can, people just expect to bring in a world, bring in a class player, and he's just going to fit in like it's FIFA or something. Like it doesn't it doesn't work like that in football. Like you've got to create a, a a partnership and a bond because look at the greatest teams in Premier League. Like obviously, I guess by going back to the United team that kept winning the treble. Um, Vidic and Ferdinand at the back, like they created an unstoppable partnership. And I think to have a successful team or be successful, I believe that you need to create these bonds because the people that you create the bonds with and you're in the similar positions or whatever, you know, they can they can help you out. If you've got an attribute that's not as good, they can and they've got it. Obviously, they you work together to build the better bond in the midfield, like you're saying. Um, and obviously you've got a better understanding. If you've got an understanding of a player, you know how they work, how far they're going to push up, if they're going to make the run into the box late or whatever. And you start to pick up that. You learn that knowing that oh, I should stay back while he pushes up. When you get working with someone who's been brought in new, he's looked upon as a great a great new player. Uh, as a football player, is better. So you stick him in the team, you break up that bond, and then you think, well, why is this not working? We've just signed a, a better player than we had before. Why do we look worse? And it's just—it's all about the bonds and the understanding and compensating for each other. And I think it's a very underrated thing in football. I think you've got to give, got to give people more time. Obviously, Fernandez at United—he came into that team and he's completely turned it around. Um, and it's a rare occasion, but it does happen. World-class players can go into oh, teams, oh yeah, definitely, and they can definitely. make an impact. It'll always happen. There's always going to be a. Uh, like anomalies like Fernandez and things like this, but sometimes just you could have like the worst pairing in the world, but together they're amazing. Yeah, I agree, Separate mate. And with other people, they're not going to play well. Like um, Burnley, Ben Mee and Tarkowski, like them two are solid together, and it, uh, they've been out injured a few times. Yeah, exactly. Bro- perfect broke, example, mate. Broke Burnley completely, and even with Liverpool as well, like the champions of Europe. Like Van Dyke went out and it broke him, and then Gomez went and it's gone. And I, I know that's that is a big loss because you've lost both your starting centre yeah. backs and and Matip's out as well. But um, yeah, even just losing one of them breaks the chemistry of the team because then your goalkeeper don't feel as confident um, as with his defence in front of him because one of them's dropping back and he shouldn't be, and one of them's going too high. Whereas if you have Figueredo and Worrell who know each other inside out, like at Forest, yeah, 
they know where each other is. They've got it's almost like they're a married couple. Like they know where where to be at what time. Yes, and mate. yeah, they're gonna make mistakes. It's footballers. That's what they're made to do. Like you're gonna get broken down. Your defenders. Yeah. Like it's part of the job role, but most of the time when they click in, when the cogs are going, they're, they're solid and it, we are a very Chris Hutton has made us a very defensive team and very hard to break down. Um, but hopefully we won't sell them like we normally do. So, so do you think bringing in uh, Hutton was a, a good move for Forrest? Think he was the right man? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with his track record. His track record is amazing with um, getting people up. It's like Sam Allardyce bringing him in at West Brom. You can't yeah. argue with that track record. He is the man for the job. Like Every team that he's come into that have been in the relegation zone have stayed up. Yep. Same with Hewton, Like Every team he's gone to, he's got them up. So I think he is the right man for the job. I... Uh, that does sound hypocritical because at the start when he first came in and we we still weren't playing good. I didn't like him. I didn't want him. I thought he was wrong, but and he's kind of. I think we're all proving it to you. It's culture now, isn't it? True. We're all right. The team's playing bad. Get the manager out. Let's get a new one in. They come in, play five good games, start playing bad again. Right, get the manager out, get a new one in, and everyone, every football fan in the world does it. No one can say no. I've never said I wanted to get rid of a manager because we always blame the manager. But yeah. you got to think of it from a bigger picture. And when you do t- take a step back and look at look at things differently, you think, yeah, well, we'll give him a bit more time. He can do this and do that. And like Chris Hutton has, he's brought in great players. Brought in Glenn Murray and Knockout, like I say, who are Premier League, Premier League players. Like mm-hmm. the only reason Glenn Murray won't play in it. Uh, Brighton was because they've got Mopai, who's he, he's not going to get a, in a, in the team over him. No, just for the fact that he's old. Yeah, Glenmore is getting old now. Is he 36, 38, 38? Something like that. Yeah, late thirties, isn't it? He's old. Yeah, and um, he was interviewed the other day, and it was a bit unfair on him actually because he kept asking him about his age and pushing him for his age and stuff. And he, like the the man's fit. <laughs> like, he's, if, he's if, if decent, I went in a running race with him. He'd, he'd piss me. He'd just go. He, he's, a, he's like James Milner. James Milner's been playing for years. And he's like 10% body fat. Yeah, like, The man's ripped. Mad, and it's it? like, yeah. Like, these are old players, but some of the older ones are the fittest in the game because that that's why they're there. They're still going at that age because they're so fit. Look at Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the same. Um... Well, going on to the season then. Talked about a bit of the past. Talked about the new managers. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, going into the podcast, Forest is sitting 15th in the league. Uh, they've got 39 points to show for it. They've won 10, drew 9, and they've lost 13. Do you think this is a fair representation of how Forest have been playing this season? Uh, before January, yes. Um, after January, he's brought some players in. Again, uh, yeah. and we started we started bringing bringing the results in um, a bit more frequently. A win last night for us. Yep, against Rotherham. Um, after the game, I watched the uh, watched the interview with Chris Hutton. 
sometimes he he makes things up in his head. I think he said that Rotherham was a hard team and all this and everything. A bit like Harry Maguire the other week who said that West Brom, you're not going to create 10 chances. But every team that's played like, there before Chris, has created 10 chances. Exactly. Like, Rotherham are in the relegation zone. Like, this shouldn't be a hard challenge for a team last season that was in the playoffs. Yeah. We shouldn't even be questioning that Rotherham are a hard team for us to beat. How did you like, play yesterday? Be... Obviously, it's a 1-0 uh, win. Yes, win. <clears throat> yeah, so it was a solid game. Uh, like I said, we are defensively. We are very strong. Uh, but, yeah, last night, we was... I don't... I can't... I can't work my head around it, really, because we started off well, um, but then we seemed to, like, sit back and... Almost like... Like Lamusha used to play, how he sits back and takes the pressure, but it's almost like ingrained in the memories of the players. Yeah. Um. And then Yatesy got up for the goal. Um. Yatesy's a good player, so I'm happy that he got the goal. Yeah. It was okay. You've touched on there saying that your defence is solid. Um. Mm -hmm. But as a team, you've conceded more than you've scored. So are you, do you think the attack's the issue or the defence or do you think it's just a bit of both? I think, like I mentioned earlier, but he tried to shoe on Scott McKenna in outside of Worrell. That made it shaky for a few games. Conceded a lot there. And we, uh, we before Glenn Murray come, um, we was playing Lyle Taylor, who's played 30, 35 games and got three, four goals. Yeah, something like that. And I think I've got a stat here for all competitions. He's played 32 and he's scored five. Yeah, exactly. Like This is this is the main striker who we bought in. Um, you can't... If we're not scoring goals, we're not winning games. I know it sounds stupid, but that's just how football Lowe. works. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. It is true, that's like... You do, you do, as stupid as it sounds, and you we mark him all the time, but you do need to score to win games. <laughs> like, if you have, yeah. a, you could have the most solid defence in the world, but you stick me and you up front, like, we ain't gonna, they ain't gonna win. Like, you could look at Man United's prime <laughs> defence and us do it up front, we're still not gonna win. We're just gonna draw every game. Exactly. Uh, so, and, I think uh, it's a good point yeah, that you need a good, you still need, you think you need, it's, um, it's Bit stupid here, but obviously you need you need the creators in the midfield to provide the attackers. So we just say we need a, you need a good team, but I think it's it, it's stupid as that. Yeah. It's crucial. Like you can't have a striker that does it all. Like it's, it's one of the best strikers in the no. world. Are poachers. Like that's that's the number nine. It's just the game. That's that's how they play. But I think that's what the main the main thing for us last season was Lewis Graben, who just couldn't stop scoring, but. <sighs> I don't know. I, I know some other Forest players, Forest fans, love him. He's not my favourite player. I think he's lazy. I don't think he runs enough. I don't think he's there all the time. But at the end of the day, he scores goals. So I'll play him. Yeah. Whereas Lyle Taylor is is not scoring goals for us. He scores the odd one here and there. Like you said, thirty two games for five goals as a striker. All right. It's pretty bad. That's not. Yeah, Glenn Morris come in, played three or four games, scored. Three goals? Yeah, he's got... Two goals? I think he's... In all competitions, he's played six, scored two or three. Um, which, yeah. again, isn't isn't a bad record for a 38-year-old. You've got your main striker, obviously, in Lyle Taylor. Um, well, that's, 
a goal every other game. Yeah, his rate, obviously his conversion rate's low. Um, His goals per 90 is 0.27. What is that? That's a low stat. The thing is as well, it's not like he's playing as a second striker up front with Graben or up front with um, Glenn Murray. We're playing a a 4-2-3-1 with two wide wide players and then a central cam and him up front on his own. So he was up front on his own and he's not scoring goals. Yeah. Um, but he does have yeah. pink hair, so it does kind of balance it out a bit. Oh, that makes him... That's it. That's it. <laughs> I think that's what annoys me as well. I think my type of player is like a gritty English player. Yeah. Like, I don't like it when they come out and they've got spent three hours in the barbers having their hair cut and all this and then oh, yeah, I mean, the nice pink boots yeah on fair enough the it. pink hair was uh, I think it was if I remember right for a, a, a breast cancer awareness so we can't take it away from him properly but um, he's still got blonde hair now. yeah he's still got the blonde hair that's a bit bright you look at the Pogba's and stuff which I think it was your point yeah, you was getting at um, with yeah, Pogba no, just has has his fucking his head in the back of his cut in the back of his head I think that's when it gets a bit far, especially when you're not performing on the pitch as well. Like, exactly. If you're talking that's about, yeah, right. talking about performing, dress how you want. But yeah. if you if you've got played thirty five game, thirty two games and scored five goals, and then you're spending ten ten hour in barber because yeah. you need your hair dye in a different colour, get on pitch, mate. Start training a bit Start more training. because it's not it's not helping, is it? Your hair caught. So uh, we brushed uh, on the Rotherham result yesterday. 1-0 win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing spirits are high. Um, big game. Is it Friday? Big game on Friday? Obviously, it's the Derby. The Derby game. Um, yeah. Obviously, coming off a win, spirits are high. Derby is sitting below Forest at 18th. Do you think Forest have got it in them to win? Do you think it'll be an interesting Derby? Always, always yeah. I'll always back Derby. Derby. I'll always back yeah. in the Derby. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... I think at at the moment, um, coming off a good few games, um, I think we've got a great great chance of beating them. Yeah. Um, but anything can happen in the championship, like we've seen. Like we went from playoffs last season to sitting in the relegation zone for most of this season. Yeah, so, and it's one. It is one of the hardest leagues in the world. And I agree, mate. If you ask any champion, if you ask any championship fan, they'll all say the same. It's a hard league. Once you're in it, you're going to struggle to get out. Especially of it with the amount of games you play. Because how many teams are actually in the championship? Uh, twenty-four. It's higher than the Premier League, and obviously, I feel like there's always championship going on. There's always a game playing. I feel like the intensity of that league is a lot higher than other leagues as well. The th- I think one of the main, the hardest thing is as well, if you're playing the Premier League. You get three different teams a season that you yeah. play against. The rest are exactly the same. So six games out of your year are brand new teams to play against. Um, whereas in the championship, we get six new teams a year. So 12 of our games are brand new teams right? Yeah. we've never played against. Obviously, if they've just gone up and then come straight back down, then we're going to have a good understanding. But yeah, these the are brand same, new teams. Like you say, year. like with the Premier League, like the same three teams go up and down. Like most years, it's yeah. the same three. But obviously, Bournemouth was a bit of a... Norwich and Watford are going to yeah. come back up probably. Yeah, and they're gonna, uh, like you say, it's going to be the same. Them, so. Whereas 
at the point you're making a fantastic point. You've got six different teams, three up, three down. And they change a lot. The team the teams coming up side change a lot, don't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We had Wickham come up this season who you know, they're probably gonna go back down. But Akin Fem are not carrying them. Nah, he's not he's slacking <laughs> this year, but yeah. But yeah, it's Wickham are probably the most famous the worst, most famous team in the world because of him. I agree, man. <laughs> Literally, I can remember the they had um placed Eastwood Tarn, played Eastwood Tarn in an FA Cup draw coming some years ago now. Uh and I can remember I went with my granddad to watch it, it was at Eastwood. And I tell you, mate, it was like it was like a like a Liverpool game. And like, it was like a big team in the club. <laughs> Obviously because Eastwood's a small yeah. a, a smaller team. When a team like Wickham came, mate, it was scenes like it was like a, a really big team came, and I can't actually remember the result. It was probably lost, but I've got just behind <laughs> you can I, see I've got the blue scarf up there representing <laughs> Eastwood Wickham. That's what I was getting on about earlier with, like when we beat Arsenal. Like that don't that don't happen for my, for me anyway. That's never happened while I've been alive. I know with my dad and with the older fans, they'll talk about European cups and all these things, but yeah. We're not there. We're not there anymore. That was years ago. Like, I don't want even a twinkle in the stars. Then. <laughs> so beating Arsenal for for me was was massive as well. So must be good though. Yeah, wearing it's... wearing the shirt. Obviously a smaller team now. Obviously they still they still recognise as a big team because of the the wins, but not as big as a team as it was back then. But representing them two stars on the badge, mate, must be a must be a pretty good feeling. Yeah. Never never in your yeah, history. Yeah, just wish. It... Just wish I'd been there while it was happening. Wish I'd seen that. scenes, mate. Imagine being a fan, man. We we was the best team in the world for years. Yeah, for a few years. I say years, <laughs> a few years. <laughs> but yeah, it's like like you said earlier with Leicester. Uh, the the bonds are the bonds make a team. Um, I think when we won the European Cup, that was because of the bonds. Like yeah, our definitely. team was such a solid group. We was coming up against some of the best teams in the world, but thankfully, the little team from Nottingham beat them all. So, that seems mad to me that we are at one point in time. My my Nottingham Forest that supporters that I've never seen get out of the championship. Uh, not that I can remember world. anyway. Yeah, we're champions of the world. We're as big as the Liverpools and the the Man U's and the Arsenals and things like this. Yeah. So. Thing to it's mad to me. It's a good thing to reminisce on. Uh, obviously, we touched mm-hmm. on the Derby game. We think Forest have got the back in here. Uh, we're going to brush on the next two games, obviously, cover the next three fixtures. Uh, you've After mm-hmm. Derby, you've got 70 plays Luton. How do you think that game's going to go? Um, again, I think we should win it, and I'll back my team every every game. Uh, but Luton has Luton's got... <laughs> it's not a bad team, Luton. Um, no. They are a solid team, but like you say, they're not performing. Um, I think, I think they've won probably one of the last ten games, one of the last five games, something like that. Um, so they're not on great form. But you know, like with Derby, they've just come off a win against Huddersfield, who aren't who aren't top either. No. But it was a good win for Derby. Got them above Huddersfield. Um, Two good two 0 win, so I think they'll be coming into the game a lot 
happier as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. Get a, win. get a good result before it changes the dressing room, changes the morale. Going to a big game like that definitely. completely changed, mate. Um, so you're back in back in Forest on the Wednesday against Derby and Luton. Next game after that, bit of a sticky one. Third place Watford. Um, I'd see the outcome of that game. Um, not good, <laughs> not good at all. I think obviously it's it's a Premier League side. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I agree. I think I think Watford are a Premier League side. I think it's weird seeing them in the Championship. Definitely, same with same with um, Swansea as well. Mm-hmm. Swansea always seemed Swansea for me is a big club. It's like just like Forest, we were a big club. We should be up there, but Watford uh, Watford is going to be a hard game. Um, especially, I think they've two or three wins that they've just come off the back of consecutively. So, you know, it's it's going to be a tough tough game for us. But again, like I said, we we are strong defensively, so we are a hard team to break down. So, hopefully, we can drag it out and get win with some scrappy football. Fair enough, mate. So we're touching on the current season. Um, Few questions next. I don't know because I've done a bit of research about the best and worst players for Forest this season. Um, when you're thinking about how good a team is, how bad a team is, first thing you do jump onto FIFA, see what ratings the players are on Ultimate Team. Um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. the, the FIFA ratings are based off the season before, so I said did, did my research before. Uh, FIFA saying uh, Bree Samba and Joe Lolly joint best at 75 overall non-rare golds. Um, do you agree with this? Do you think they were the best from last season? And how do you think they're playing this season? Uh, yeah, yeah. I like Sambo as a keeper. Sometimes he lets his emotions get the better of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Same all. He is quite an angry man. <laughs> he seems quite an angry man anyway. Um, Joe Lolly, again, yeah. He's always been a good player for us. This, this season, dropped off a bit. Um, same with Samba Samba. I like him, but he makes some silly mistakes mm-hmm. that he shouldn't be making. He pulls off some great saves, but then he lets in some P-rollers and all. And you just think, like, if anything, you should be saving them, not the ones that you're tapping over the bars and things like this. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Lonnie's season's dropped off this season. I know he's had a few niggles and things, but, yeah. Fair enough, I mate. think that's fair ratings. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, we'll jump into the statistics now. They won't go off FIFA too much. Um, I had a look at the scoring charts, um, assist charts, and everything like that. We briefly spoke of these two earlier. Uh, Loud Taylor is at the top of the scoring charts, but it is with five and thirty-two, which is a very, very poor conversion rate, which we spoke about earlier. Obviously, his goals per night is zero point two seven. Um, another name that jumped out as I was looking, Lewis Graben, old reliable himself. Uh, he's grabbed himself <laughs> grabbed. He's grabbed himself three goals this season with an assist. Uh, that is in eighteen games. Um, but he's got a very very low sh- um shot conversion rate at twenty two percent. Um, I speak a massive lie actually. I've read my notes wrong. Um, we're talking about Lyle Taylor earlier, and I said he's got a twenty six percent shot conversion. What I meant to yeah. say was it's twenty six percent better than Lewis Grabbins at forty eight. So I made a massive cock up there. Really, but I think that comes to point. Yeah, it comes to emphasize that point again. Even with a forty-eight percent shot conversion, he still only scored yeah. five and thirty-two. Yeah, 
which I still think yeah, it's, I still think that's poor. And obviously Graben, um with the low shot conversion, he's got his his goals to games better, the goal contributions to games better than Loud Taylor. But is there a reason Graben's not starting as many? Um, I couldn't tell you. I think Chris Hutton bought in Lyle Taylor, spent the money on him, and then thought, I've bought him now, so I've got to play him. And at the start of the season, when it came in that we'd signed Lyle Taylor, I thought, crack him, we've got a great striker, played amazing last season. Looking back, we probably should have signed Ivan Tony instead. Great player. But, yeah, and look at him now. Top goal scorer in the league for Brentford. Great, great. Um, but yeah, I think Graben, he should be playing because of what he did for us last season. Mm-hmm. But now Glenn Morris come in. Glenn Morris, I, I think he's mint. <laughs> and like I say, he's five and, five and three. So, good player. Yeah. Um, experienced as well. Very right. experienced. Experience is always a great Great thing to have in the dressing room and on the pitch. So, yeah, I think he's going to do bits for us. Fair play. Uh, obviously, when you're looking at, at good players, you, know, you shouldn't always look at the goal-scoring records. Obviously, a team can be better defensively or creating chances-wise. Um, but mm-hmm. after looking at them two, I didn't think they were Forrest's best player this season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but after looking at a few stats, a few highlights and stuff, uh, my attention was drawn to... New sign Anthony Knockhart. Uh, he's got yeah. He's got four goal contributions, twenty five games, which is not great. But obviously, he's not playing up front. But the thing that stuck out to me was he has got a tw- he's got twenty six chances uh, across twenty five games, meaning he's got a chances created a game ratio of one point zero four, which I think is quite good for a team that's sitting at fifteenth. Creating at least a chance yeah. a game. It's not. It's not Premier League level, but it's it's better than the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, again, like he's he's played in the Premier League. He he's got the experience, um, and he obviously he got promoted with Brighton as well. So he knows what it takes, and I think he's just a he's just a good player. Yeah. He's a solid player that you can that you can lean on. A bit like we did Lolly last year and grab him. We just leaned on him and said. But we need you to perform because we're, we're struggling a bit, and and he will. Um, I'd like to see more from him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's playing to his full potential. No. Like you see, you, if you go on YouTube or anything like that and put in knockout highlights, he scores some good goals and he's a good player. But I don't think he's doing as much as he could for us. No. Um, don't know whether that's because he's being. Played somewhere where he doesn't like more central mm-hmm. in the in the four two three one or or what? But yeah, it, I think he could do more, and yeah. I hope he does do more. Yeah, I've got, I've now got with him. Glenn Murray as well. Yeah, go now with Glenn Murray from with him. Maybe it's a bit more um, familiar to him. Yep, maybe they can play off each other like we said with pairings. Maybe there's a pairing there that. Now he's got Glenn Murray up front with him. He was like, right, I know what to do now. I'm on the ball. I'm clicking. Yeah. Here we go. So. I've got here, mate, that is, he's got an 81% pass accuracy, which I think is pretty class, pretty high. Um, people mm-hmm. maybe think, oh, maybe he's not attempted many passes. There's only four more players in the whole team that's attempted more than 724 passes. So he'd 
likes to get on the ball, likes to pass the ball, likes to bring a ball out. Um, so his stats don't look too bad for a struggling championship team. Uh, you've briefly touched upon him, but who do you think your best player of the season has been so far? Um, since January, Glenn Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, uh, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, with Joe Worrell. Fair play, mate. I think he's been a rock at the back for us. I think you had a few shaky games with uh, Scott McKenna at the back with him, but yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's a solid centre back. Good, good, good decision, mate. So going for the highs of the team, let's drop down to the lows. Worst players of the season. Uh, again, I went to FIFA. Had a look there. Um, it said that 21-year-old Virgil Gomez is the worst player at 58 rated, but I believe he's gone out on loan. Um, so it's a bit unfair yeah. to judge a first team, the worst first team player. Um, there's a few bronzes and silvers in between him and the next player that's the lowest. It's actually playing first team, uh, but I believe they've all been loaned out or moved on as well. Um, so the next lowest player that actually plays first team football uh, is a new addition. And it's Manchester United loanee James Garner at 68 rate, I think. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that? I've, we've had a bit of a conversation. Obviously, you've been a Forest fan, me being a United fan, about him. He sounds like he's had a few, had a decent debut and a decent game after. Um, how has he looked on the pitch for Forest? I think he's a, he's a solid player, mm. definitely. Um, obviously, he's come from. Man U, um, who've you've been playing him in the what are you playing him on under twenty threes? Yes. So he's getting that experience there. Um and he's had has he played for your first team yet? Uh something tells me that he's had an appearance for the first team, yeah, in like an FA Cup or something. Um but again he's That's he's a mean. young lad. Uh he needed the experience. Obviously we loaned him out to Watford. Um didn't look too bad there. He looked good on the ball. Um, but I think this move to Forest would be good for his career. Working under a decent manager as well, getting the experience. If he keeps getting the first team football, um, I reckon he eventually could slot into this United team. Maybe work off the working off the bench like like Scott McTominay has done. He's a great player for us now. Um, but I think Definitely. as long as he goes out and gets the experience, he could be a, a class player. He is a he's a solid player. That um, I think playing to his strengths, he's he's that ball winning. CDM type of sit back and then he can pass the ball as well. He's a great passer of the ball. Yep. Uh, he's also very good defensively. Like yeah, defensively minded. Player. He's always in the right position. But yeah, definitely playing for when he's playing for Man U, he'll be a he'll be a solid player in the next few years. Hopefully at the end of it, Man U might let us have him for a bit <laughs> a bit longer because uh, fingers crossed. He's definitely I, someone we need. I genuinely think it'd be good for his career, so I'm kinda hoping Ollie in the board late match. I think from last from last year losing Ben Watson, who again I'll hold my hands up and say I didn't like him. I think James Garner is a solid replacement for Ben Watson. I know he's not going to have the experience and he's not going to lift the dressing room like Ben Watson did, but he does exactly the same job: wins the ball and gets it out, yeah. and that's what he needs. Like he just he just comes in and does his job. So fair play to the lad, uh, and I hope he carries on. Fair play, mate. I thought it'd be quite a quite a harsh judgment of me just to pinpoint someone to say that it's been the worst player. So I just did stick to FIFA on this one. Uh, but I want to see your opinion. Uh, obviously, watching them, who do you think's not performed? Let's say who do you think's not performed to the standards that they could have done uh, this season. You've been a bit disappointed. Um, 
Lyle Taylor. Lyle Taylor? Lyle Taylor, yeah. I think he's, from last season, he's done nothing compared to it because he was on fire last season. Admittedly, he, won, he probably wanted the best he wanted the best team and he won't have any chances created for him. But now, nah, he should be having the chances created for him. Like you say, he's not taking his chances when he's got them. Um, he's not taking the shots that he should either. No. Uh, I, I know it's controversial because he is a top goal scorer, but yeah. I just I can't I can't get on with him. Scott McKenna as well. He came in and didn't didn't play great, but you know maybe that's because he, he was he was in a new team. At, I know he hadn't played as many games for us as he, he probably would have liked on signing, but mm-hmm. if you come in and have a bad few games, that's what football's like. It's, it is ruthless. Very true, mate. So, this this season, uh, the team has conceded more than they've scored. Um, whereabouts do you think, do you think this is a defensive issue, an attacking issue? Where do you think the issue is in the team? Uh, whereabouts do you think Forrest are going to finish this season? Um, where do I think we're going to finish? Probably mid, mid-table. I'd be happy with the mid-table. Happy with the mid-table um, finish? Just because of the way that we started the season off. Started off very poorly. Happy, I'd be very happy with a mid-table finish. But obviously I'm hoping for more than that. Top 10 would be nice. But I think looking realistically at... The games we've got left, it's it's going to be hard for us to. I mean, I suppose looking at the table now, we're, we're joint thirteenth on points, we're fifteenth on goal difference. Yep. But you know, it's I don't know. I think I'd be happy with top ten, but I think fifteenth, fourteenth, around there realistic is where we're going to stay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you think, so gonna, think we're going to finish a mid-table? Obviously, like I said earlier, um, conceded more than they've scored. Do you think the defence is the issue or do you think the attack is the issue or do you think it's a bit of both? Uh, attack. attack, definitely. Is yeah. Attack. Is it? I'm yeah. obviously looking at it myself, I think it's probably a striker not finishing, but the creativity seems okay in the team. Do you think that could be improved? Or do you think it's all um... right? I think we've got very creative players at our disposal. Amiobi, sometimes you just... Amiobi's got the longest legs in the world, but somehow manages to keep the ball glued to his foot. Yeah. Um, I think getting rid of Thiago Silva last year, uh, earlier this year, was a big mistake. I think he was one of the creative players that we needed. Yeah. Um, I think he did a lot for the team. But then again, you know... <laughs> Chris Hewitt's come in and changed the team completely. So, I think he's playing the football that he wants to play now. Like, we've uh, bought in um, Kron- Kroven- Krovenich, or how oh, you say Oh, what a name. cringy guy he is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, some of the Instagram yeah, stories he's in... and posts he's done. But I suppose it's what you need, though. You need that kind of, like, Lingard-esque play. It brings morale up. Look at, look at West Ham, that. He's look a great at West player Ham. as well. Yeah, look at West Ham, mate. I'll like, tell you. You've brought him in. He's brought the morale up. The celebration of the day, mate, was class. I tell you what, Declan Rice is... 
the Declan Rice of his little Gangnam Style drum set was absolutely insane, That's... mate. Go if you haven't seen it, the go give it out. The Backstreet Boys are back. absolute baller. Declan Rice had me stitches, mate. But I, I tell you what, though, that kind of like obviously at United, Lingard was um, publicly spoke about and being immature and stuff, and just linking to social media and everything like that. But like obviously, Roy Keane's had a had a bit of a go of it, but I, I reckon sometimes it's kind of what you need. Like you need that bit of vibe, bit of positivity to get the morale up. Yeah, definitely. But I, again, like he's he's a baller on the pitch, and at the end of the day, if you're performing on the pitch, you can do what you want off it. Very true. It's yeah. only when players start slipping in their performances that then the media hits them. Then you're playing bad on the pitch and you're acting like it's off the pitch. Yeah. Like if you're uh, it, it's a lot of sometimes when uh, clubs go on Christmas parties and stuff like this. Like if the team's going bad, if the pl- team's playing bad in the uh, in the league, then and they go out and have a massive party, then it's going to get slated in the press. Yeah, if they're top of the league, they go out and have it's a good it. time. Exactly the same as what they do if they were bottom of the league. Then it'll be the lads out enjoying themselves because they're playing great football. And I think results change the way that media look at that's, you. That's definitely. That's a class point, mate. It's a very, very good point. Um, so we talked about obviously your favourite memories of Forest. We talked about the current season, best players, worst players, next few games. Um, last few points I want to make. Um, who's been your favourite player in the history of Forest? Ooh. Um, there's been over the years we've had some great players if we'd have kept the players that we've had we'd have been in the Premier League by now Yeah. and no one can say otherwise because we've sold Premier, players to Premier League teams and they've excelled Mikel Antonio most recently Matty Cash Matty Cash exactly Antonio Dala Cash Cash is a class player mate. Class, uh, exactly. Cash is a class player he should have got more from him. he's getting in team of the week every week for a Villa he's absolutely smashing it at Villa even players like um, Benny Osborne who plays for uh, Sheffield United Oliver Burke um, players like this that we shouldn't be getting rid of because they're young talents that we need why are we selling them but over the years (laughs) probably someone that hasn't done as well Um, someone that probably should have gone further than what he did Probably Lewis McGugan. Yeah. I think every Forest fan loved Lewis McGugan. I don't think he couldn't. He was a he was a player for us. Again, another player that came to us at the end of his career, I suppose. Um, Andy Reid. <laughs> I loved Andy Reid when he was at Forest. Obviously, yeah. come from Tottenham and all these big clubs. But yeah, he was a great player when he came for us. And a lot of people didn't like him. Said he was fat and slow which he was but he was a baller at the same time yeah and you can't deny that I, I, so, I've yeah. made a bit of a Andy note as well Lewis I made a bit of a note and funnily enough um, if I was if someone had a gun to my attitude I'd probably, I probably would have said Lewis McGugan as well uh, I can just remember yeah. when I was when I was younger there was just such a buzz around his name when he was playing for Forest. like I don't know he just had some kind of yeah. like flair to his game like there was just a massive buzz around his name and like Everyone went out and brought him on FIFA because he was like this big player, this decent player for Forest, and 
I think a big. You know when he scored that thirty-five yard free kick against Ipswich, twenty ten. Like that was a, that, that that's was what put him on the map. That's what mate. That's what put him on the map. Everyone remembers that, and I think that's what put the buzz on his name. And it was just such a such a good moment, even as a not a Forest fan to watch. Like if you mention Lewis McGuigan, everyone will say, "Oh, the uh, the the thirty yard free kick." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what he's remembered for. Like, I, I think that's a good thing, though. Yeah, what actually happened? What actually happened to him? Great goal. What actually happened to him? Oh, I don't know. I think he went somewhere like Yeovil or something like that, and he's. Yeah, he didn't. He went downhill, I think. But no, he yeah, he should have gone further. But. Play, mate. So, last question of the episode. Um, briefly to touch on it. Now, um, whereabouts do you see Forest realistically in about five years' time? Probably still stuck in the. Still think you'd be bad in the championship? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. I hope. Um, Hewton turns it around next season and we go out and we absolutely smash it and pick up from now and the end of this season at the start of next season and and carry on this good run of form Mm -hmm. but realistically knowing how long we've been in the championship and knowing what the championship's like as a league I I can't I want to see us in the Premier League uh, I don't see us getting relegated, but yeah, I think I think we'll stay in the championship in the next five years. I'm I'm not being optimistic enough. I know I should be saying we'll we'll be champions of Europe again, but it's uh, it's realistic, no, shot, isn't it, mate? We're a long way off. We're a long way off that at this point. So unless something massive changes, and we get an absolute amazing run of form, and we do it again and yeah. go from. Division two, into Premiership and so on and so on. Unless we have another miracle like that, like we did the first time, I, I can't see us getting into the Premiership. So yeah. yeah, fair play, mate. Well, that's all I've got for this episode. I want to thank you a lot, mate, for coming on. Uh, I've really no thoroughly thank enjoyed learning Forest with you, mate. Um, if you are interested as listeners um, to the last question about where you'd see Forest in five years. Uh, we are going to be doing another episode called Rebuilding Forest, um, where me and Reese talk about potential players to sell on, players to buy, and we'll run a sim on either FIFA career mode or a football manager career mode to see exactly where they will be in five years. Um, so if you're interested in listening to that, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the Spotify, uh, and Rebuilding Forest with Reese again will be out in the near future. Uh, thank you again, Reese. Thank you again for listening, um, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.